Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before I jump into the podcast, go over and leave a five-star review. We really love those reviews. Leave some comments. I read all of them, and we would really appreciate that. But before we get started, I would definitely want to give a big shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market, bar none. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, you get $450 off, and you'll get the best customer service you'll ever expect. Um, just mention Coach Collins, and they'll take really good care of you. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the it is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's something... You know, when I started teachups.com, it was, uh, it, it was something, it was, it was what I would have wanted as a young coach before, you know, all the, the state championships and all the nationally ranked teams that I've coached. Um, and not to brag, just to, to kind of tell um, kind of my journey, I would have killed for this stuff because it would have made my life so much easier, a little bit of everything that you need to become a better basketball coach. And we are the only people out there that offer 14 day free trial because we believe in it so much. Um, follow the roadmap, work on your craft, and um, you get me one-on-one mentoring. So I can't imagine anything better than that. I don't know. Um, anyway, go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So, Paul, I'm going to have you kind of tell your – introduce yourself and kind of tell your basketball story, kind of how you ended up in Tennessee, how you became a coach, how you ended up at this school – um, you know, if you were a player, I don't even know if you were a player or not. Um, and all those, and just kind of, I, I always love people to hear everyone's backgrounds because they're more similar than different, to be honest with you. Cause the similarities, we all love basketball, but I think especially being a coach for as long as you have and, and me, um, that, you know, <laughs> that it's, I think we all have a unique journey and we call, all kind of end up at the same spot. So Paul, I'm going to turn it back over to you and just kind of have you introduce yourself and then just kind of walk you through and I'll, and I'll, I'll jump in. Trust me. I'm not, I'm never bashful for asking questions. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. Well, my name's uh, Paul Kamakawa. 
obviously the voice doesn't match the face here. Uh, my journey, I, I guess I wrote to whoever your assistant was, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my father worked at uh, Adler Sock Company in Cincinnati, which is a, a big time sock company back in the day. And we moved down here when I was four in 1962, because uh, Adler bought the sock factory in Rockwood. So my father moved down here uh, to be the maintenance supervisor. Were, were they a specific type? I, I don't know if I've ever heard of that kind of sock. Well, you, you'll know now because uh, they changed their name. They got bought, Adler sock got bought out by Burlington socks. Okay, that I have heard of. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. And, and, uh, so, uh, okay. You know Burlington Sock, and I'll tell you one thing. You probably already know this. I, my father was teaching me a lesson one summer. He made me work down there, and it was great. And because uh, the last day I worked there, those workers said, "We'll never see you again, will we?" I said, "No, not unless you see me in my uh, unless you see me walking around town. We run into each other's store because I get it." My father was telling me you know his roundabout way you better get your college education or this kind of job you're gonna have the rest of your life and i'm not good at manual labor so there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with manual labor i have a lot of i mean the problem is you hit you and i are no spring chickens if we were still doing this at our age it'd be like whoa you know yeah and yeah. Uh, but i learned a valuable lesson down there my father in his roundabout way and then number two i figured out that every sock in america is the same because they just glue a little penny sticker on there when it was a penny sock. And when it was a Levi sock, they would, it was the same sock. They just put a different sticker on it. And I said, well, okay, that's capitalism right, right there. So it is capitalism. So I have a question. So I don't know if you remember this, but did they, were there specific, I mean, obviously they made more for, let's say men, they made more socks that fit like size eight, nine, 10, and 11 probably. Were there, did you, did you notice anything like that? Cause I'm a stats teacher. There's probably a specific size of, sh of foot that most people in the U S have. There was, and I wouldn't paint. I remember seeing those wrappers they put around cause my father was great. I, I'll tell you here in a minute, I always used to think I was a real good basketball player. Right. They always make the workers down there would always make me sweat bands for my wrists. I'd look good. And it's hard to look good sitting on the bench with sweatbands, but I did look good. And, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we moved down here in 62, and obviously I, I went to Rockwood High School and graduated from there. And uh, I went to Tennessee Tech, which is Cookville, Tennessee, and then I graduated there. Why did you pick? Why did you pick that school? Close? I really don't know why I picked it. I, I don't know if my parents picked it for me. And, you know, I, I think it was I different out, when, you and I, when you and I were growing up, it was different. I think there wasn't, I think the, well, the world was smaller when you and I grew up. You know what I mean? It was yeah. smaller. Like, you know, I, I tell my students, it's like, when I didn't know something, I went to the encyclopedia Britannica and they go, what do you mean? And I go, well, you had an encyclopedia Britannica in your house or you went to the library and you had to look it up. Like, we had world books in Rockwood. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's the same thing. It's world books or inside, right. it's like those you grabbed it and you go, I want to learn about ants. And you'd look up A and A, you know, and it's like, and they go, What do you mean? I go, Well, you, that or it was the library. Like you didn't like 
So I think from a college standpoint, I think our world was smaller, to be honest with you. It was like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I just, I don't know how I ended up there. I went there for Boys State one summer and liked it. I don't know if maybe my parents thought it was good or something. Yeah. I, I just think it's not far. It's an hour. Boys years. State is great. Boys State is great. My son did that. It's great. That's great. Oh, yeah, it is. And that's how I went out there and I graduated and with a degree in uh, health and PE which they were good. They told me, you know, you're not ever going to get a coaching job with health and PE because the football coach is going to get it more than likely. Uh, so I said, okay. So at that time, uh, Tennessee Tech had just fired their basketball coach and they hired a uh, Tom Deaton, who was an assistant at University of Tennessee to Ray Mears. So I bugged him, I bet for, I don't know, at least a month. You know, he's not – he already knew who he was bringing in as coaching staff, but I was I was begging because I knew I wanted to coach all along and teach. And uh, I guess I bugged him for long enough. He let me become a graduate assistant for him. So I, I stayed out there for two years as a graduate. And how was that? What did you learn in that? Oh, it was great. Best experience of my life coaching-wise. Uh I learned how to run a practice, how to organize a practice. And, uh, you know, I just got to see all the little ins and outs that probably didn't notice when I was in high school. I mean, I was on the team. I wasn't very good. You know, the world was not calling for a 5'8 Asian American point guard. I didn't know. I didn't know Jeremy Lin was going to be in the future, but uh, it wasn't. Jeremy Lin wasn't in Rockwood, Tennessee, in right. '76. What I think is unique about those kind of situations is you're seeing behind the curtain, like you're seeing like how the sausage is made when you're like there. You know, you're seeing all uh, the little nuances. And we were bad. I mean, Tech was bad, and to actually see him uh, do the recruiting and bring people in and and say the drills that he was trying to get across to teach what he was doing. And I still have to practice schedules for me. My wife gets on to me because I don't throw anything away. I'm a hoarder. And I mean, I'm I, telling I, you right now, as a teacher, every teacher is a hoarder. I'm telling you, because you, you know why? Because you don't know if you ever get another box of pencils. You'll never know. You just keep it because it's like, I don't know if they're ever going to buy me another book like this kind of thing. I think well, our- <laughs> I cleaned out my classroom the other day. I threw away school stuff, but basketball stuff I never throw away. So I had I mean, to, I- they're redoing our school. They, um, Madison passed a $350 million referendum to do all four high schools over. Um, and they're basically gutting. So I had to get everything out of my room. It was like, oh my gosh, it was like 30 years of like, nope, nope. No, and you're right. The basketball stuff sitting in a, I can't, it's like, oh, I can't throw it away. I can't, I got VHS tapes. I got like DVD. It's like all this stuff. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, I do tell you, I mean, I've got a hoard of it. I know. It's like, I got to go through it. I told my wife, I said, I'm not going back to school until I go through that big box. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get through at least one of them by the time school starts. Okay. So graduate assistant, then what happened after that? Well, I done for two years. I was going to go back for year three, and I already got my master's. I don't know what I, I was going to pick up. I don't even know what I was going to do. I was going. To, I was bound to determine I was going to stay and find something to do. My father said, "You're going to get a real job." 
I'm not paying for this crap anymore. I said, okay. Well, at that point, I couldn't find a teaching job. And uh, so I was a sub teacher at Rockwood High School the whole year. I mean, everybody used me because they knew me. I bet I subbed about every day or, you know, very close to it. And I got to be an assistant coach there. Coach Thompson let me help, even though I wasn't on the faculty or anything. And then uh, the next year, you know, I had time to send out applications and everything. And this coach remembered me from uh, Tennessee Tech basketball camp. And he hired me down at South Cobb High School in Marietta, Georgia. Had my car all packed up. I was ready to go. I mean, it's a big time program. I was going to Marietta, Georgia, and then a school board member said, "Hey, we." He called me. I was getting ready to leave the next morning. He said, uh, "Hey, we have a job opening here for you. We want you to stay. We know you're packed up. We want you here." I said, "Okay, that's an easy decision." So I, <laughs> I just started unpacking the car. I said, "I bet work tomorrow," and. Uh, that was 1983. That was August of 1983, and I've been at Rockwood ever since. And so, how was so? Were you an assistant? Were you the head? Um, how did that work? Well, I was an assistant coach for the boys. Great working under Coach Thompson, who I played for. Gave me numerous responsibilities. He let me in charge of the defense because he knew I'd been out of tech, and he knew I worked at it. Knew what I was doing. I, offensively he he did all that and then uh, about eight or nine years into it uh rockwood high school got rid of their girls basketball coach at christmas <laughs> at what at, at christmas at christmas school board member i can, uh, was very fed up with them and uh that's unheard of you really don't hear of that very often no uh, yeah that, they usually that way to the end yeah. year, but he, they got rid that's how I, I really don't know if he, you know, I really didn't pay attention to girls basketball that much. I knew who was playing, but, you know, you're just sort of sitting there in a daze watching it. And, right. You know, that's not very good. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, they called me in the principal and the school board member who was disgusted. His daughter was a member of the team. And uh, he said, we want you to be the next, we want you to take this over and be the girls basketball coach. I said, oh, I really don't know. So what's it going to take for you to get to do this? Well, when you said that, you should have never asked me what's it going to take. Well, I got rid of I got rid of a couple of classes off my teaching schedule. <laughs> I got rid of everybody that was associated with girls basketball coaching wise, and brought in a, our head football coach was a good friend of mine, and brought him in to be my assistant. And it was the best thing I've ever done because uh, we were so bad when I took over. It allowed me to, you know, like building a program from scratch. So I was right. starting over. I got to do things that I wanted to do as a head coach. And I figured out what would work and what would not work. We somehow survived the end of that uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
go to your happy price, price line. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Half season, you know, that girl started buying in. We went 7-21 the next year, but I, I forgot. We were close, like five points or less, something like that, 12 of the games. We were getting better. Right. We knew it. And then the next year, we really took off. And uh, uh, we really – we were good. I uh, got some good players in. Everybody knows if you got good Jimmys and Joes, that turns around. We got our best player back from an ACL. And then uh, Coach Thompson retired. And then uh, I ended up coaching both the boys and girls for two years. And how does that work? Aren't they the same season? Yeah. It's great. I just I I was single, so uh, had good assistants, had excellent players. We ran the same thing. If you wanted to scout us, all you had to do is watch the girls' game because the boys were doing the exact same thing, and you just had to. And flip. how did you do practice? Did you go from one practice to the next practice? Yeah, it was great. I start. We started at. Uh, I don't know. I think it's two fifteen somewhere in there, and okay. two fifteen to four thirty, and then I took a fifteen minute break, and we cranked it up with the boys, and uh, you know, it, it's just I was living in heaven right there. Right. When, you, when you're good, it, you can handle two teams, and then uh, uh, I got out of it because uh, my I gave it to my girls' assistant. And then the coach that's back with me now, and then she went to another school. So I had to do the boys and girls again for another two-year stint. We still had a bunch of good players. So those years were the – that's what formed me. That's what helped me become a better coach. So how do you – okay, so I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. That's crazy. Um, How do you practice plan? Like how do you practice plan now or how did you practice plan then? Uh, I think, well, I'm better at practice planning now because I think, you know, when we did defensive stuff, I was always just focused on defensive and everything. But now, uh, even coaches, when we talk, they look at my practice plan we're talking about. They said, I see that you're working offensively and defense. You're trying to kill two birds with one stone during your drills. Now, I said, yeah, and I said, in the past, I – we do defensive zigzags. I wasn't even worried about the offense, you know. I, I was worried about getting your feet cut off the sideline, good angles and all that. Right. But now, you know, we're, we're, everybody's working on ball handling. And I've become a better offensive coach now, mainly because of all these assistants, you know. And Yeah, do you – now, do – with that many assistants, do you assign assistants specific jobs? Yes, I have uh, – like an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. Nah, right? nah. Well, <laughs> nah, not that, but you know, I've got about, I've got, I've got two that stay with me the whole time, and the others go down with the post players. Of course, this year we have no size. We lost five posts last year, lost the six five, uh, two, 
six, six and six, five kids. We don't have anybody tall this year. So I guess we'll all become skill development coaches now. So, uh, but yeah, we, we get them with the post and the wings. We usually divide up, but this year we're all the same. So we'll probably just go in small groups. What do you, what, what's, what's the hardest thing for you to teach? Shooting. I'm horrible at shooting. Why? I, I don't know, because I guess all those early years, I never worried about it, because we had such good players back then. I mean, we were, were we were really talented. I never had the same thing, because they could get the ball in the hole. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been blessed here at Rockwood for a single-A school. We've had good basketball players. And single-A single is the smallest or the biggest? Smallest. Okay, and how many kids at your school? 400. Nine through 12? Yes. Okay. That's not bad. 400. Uh, it would be worse if it was K through 12, but yeah, 400. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and yeah, some of the teams would play our K through 12. Yeah, they, they have 200, you know, and uh, but I just, you know, I, I've just never been an offensive guy. I always, I'm one of them want to stop you. I, I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm going to find a way to stop you, make you go do something else. Interesting. Interesting. You're going to like my new defense that, I'm, that I've been running for the last 15 years and I've decided I'm finally going to share. So you're going to like it. Okay. Uh, that's my tease to you. I'll, after we get off the air, I'll explain what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm not quite done with it yet. So it's about a month away, but it, it's good. You'll like it. If you're a defensive guy, you'll like it. Um, what, um, so, so I always ask this question. This is kind of a unique one. Is there is there a success or a failure that you've had in your coaching career that we could dive into that would be helpful for another coach? So it can be it can be a win. It can I mean it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. A success or a failure um, that would be helpful for another coach. Well, I mean, when I first started coaching, I was probably like you. I was worried about a one and loss record, you know. I was worried about keeping my job when I was young. Uh, I was never worried about I was always like, oh God, are they gonna fire me? And that and I don't worry about that anymore. But um that was that was my big one of my big things was always yeah, like I don't know. I not here. I mean, because we're such a small community. I mean, yeah, they I tell people in town, they say, Coach, you still coaching? I said, Yeah. So they ain't fired me yet. They said, Coach, I can't get rid of you. I said, Well, I can get be gotten rid of any time, but I, right. I appreciate it. But uh, I used to be called up. Hey, we, I don't know, twenty wins, and with our schedule, it's usually pretty hard. I always thought, Well, we've been a success, but I figured out, you know, if we got the most out of our team with our ability, you know, you look at the ability level we have, and uh, like last year, with COVID going on, we only got to play twenty games. We were we ended up. You're telling me I got to play. Okay, I got to play more than you then. So I, I zero for the people listening. I'm holding up a big zero. I didn't even get to coach last year. So um, yeah, well, we we got to play well, twenty. With, I would say from all the coaches I've talked in the U.S., you're on the higher end at twenty. Well, we went 18 or 17 of them with no crowd, uh, hardly. Right. We, we only ones that could come in were parents. Okay. And the family. Yeah, but you're still on the high end. Like, I know coaches in California maybe got 10 to 12. I mean, 
20 is on the higher end last year, I think. So you should be. Well, uh, we ended up eight and 12, and I, I'll tell you what we are. Uh, foot, uh, it's always been this way, and it'll be this way 200 years from now. Football is the king here. And I have no, I love football. I have no problem with it. People will tell you that we are a basketball team that plays like football. I mean, we're, we're like a football program. And, uh, Last year I had uh, 16 kids in the program and uh, probably 12 of them were footballers. And There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another prediction as a stats teacher to you. You said 200 years. In 200 years, people won't be playing football. I'm just telling you. Okay. Um, I, think, I, think, I think the kids that you and I are teaching now, their kids' kids won't be playing football. Because the science behind – or they're going to have to change the rules of the game. Um, because I, I just think the game is, uh, I think what they're going to find out about the game, especially at the higher levels, probably not at a one, a school, cause they probably don't hit hard enough, but, um, they're going to find out like, cause when you look at the science behind it, the brain moves in the skull, no matter what you can't right. stop the brain, the brain is hitting the side of your skull for people who are listening. The helmet doesn't do anything for that. It stops you from fracturing your skull. The brain moves <laughs> yes. and there's nothing they can do to stop the brain from hitting the side. And that's how those mini concussions happen. Blah, blah, blah. There's lots of science behind it, but I can tell you from the kids I teach, their kids are going to be playing a different sport. I'm just telling you, I, I, I think it's going to be like right now. It's like you're in Tennessee football's like in the South. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I'm just saying in, in 50 to hundred years, I think so much science is going to come out. I just don't. I, I, don't I won't be it. here, so it won't matter. I won't either. So, but our kids' kids will be. Um, so but going it, back, going back to the question about um, a success or a failure, do you have one that you would want to share? Yeah, I, I've just figured out that in my heart, if I've gotten the most out of our team, they play for the most part the best that they can. Because that's why I was mentioning football. You know, I spend a whole month of December trying to get football out of them. You know, uh, it takes a while. You know, we it takes us uh, – you know, we're behind the eight ball because we're usually in the playoffs. We're usually into the second round at worst. We're in the second round, which is great because I love football. And uh, I wish all our kids played football. Well, I think it makes them tough. I, I have no problem with football. I agree, though. So I think there's two things that have changed since at least in the 30 years. Um, first of all, I, soccer players can be my, – my soccer players can be more beat up than the football players in a lot of respects. If football players get hurt, it's usually bad. <laughs> like it's bad. Like they broke right. a leg or something. Or they like, But it's the soccer players that have the nagging injuries. Um, but anyway, uh, it, takes, it takes me two to three weeks, and I plan this out, two to three weeks to get football and, like, some of the bad habits from summer out of their system. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. Leave a review. We love those five-star reviews. We're going to leave a one-star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.